Welcome back to Heart to Heart. I am Bachava Heart, your host. This week, we are going to continue the dating saga and talk about my non-negotiables. Now, these are things that I would tell guys on dates about what I'm looking for, and they may not match everyone, but they are specific to me. And I thought it'd be interesting to share with you guys as well. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. First started going out on dates, I was not looking for anything serious. I don't think that I would mention on a first date that I was divorced unless it came up. I would more ask like, oh, when was your last serious relationship or something along those lines? And if they would ask me, I would just be like, oh, yeah, I just got out of something. I wouldn't say like, oh, yeah, I'm divorced. But I was very upfront with people that I wasn't looking for anything serious. And in my mind, I wanted to like try to casually date someone. But I never really got to that point. I think whenever I would get close to maybe casually dating someone, either I would have more feelings or they would have more feelings and it would have to end. So if you can casually date the same person, I think that's amazing. What I think I've learned is people are able to casually date when they're in college or right out of college because like the mentality is just more casual. But then when you become an adult and you're living in New York City and you are in your late 20s, then casually dating is just way more complicated. And the reason I think I went on so many different dates, you know, my dates with all 90 men was because I, in the beginning, I think I was looking for something casual and I didn't find anyone that I liked enough to like casually see. Or if I did like them, I did have one person be like, I like you and I can't do this whole casual thing. And I was like, totally fair. I understand. No big deal. The cool thing about dating casually or when you're not looking for anything to date is that you just don't like have any real feelings about it or at least me like in that first six month era of me going out on dates I just was not like emotionally available and therefore going out with a bunch of different guys if they didn't like me if I didn't like them it like wasn't a big deal like nothing was deep nothing really hurt me it kind of felt like very surface level And I don't think I really got that far with anyone. There was one person that I did see consistently for like two months, but they lived out of New York. So I wouldn't really like count that as casually dating because I did speak to him every day. But at the same time, like it was totally open. I was seeing other people. I don't know if he was seeing other people, but it was something we had discussed that like we weren't exclusive at all. When that ended, I was really sad because I got used to like having this person in my life all the time. But at the same time, I don't think that I was like emotionally available to really put myself into any sort of relationship and definitely wasn't open to doing long distance. So I just like going out on dates and I can't even recall what I would really talk about. Probably like very surface level stuff in the beginning. But then once I started dating, I would say like after my like six month mark, I would like go in on a first date. I it was like an application process. Like I did have guys tell me that they felt like they're being interviewed at times. And for me, it's like when you go out on a first date, like 
instead of wasting your time to get to the like important stuff on a second date, like rather get to know the things that are important to you on day one. So I would like come in and, you know, you know, you shoot the breeze for a little bit. What's your name? What do you do? Where do you live? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? All those basics. And then I would be like, so like, do you have any non-negotiables? And I would usually get a face like, what does that mean? And they would say, I assume that you do. And I'm like, I, I absolutely do have some non-negotiables. And I would go on to ask my non-negotiables. Now, this was always a conversation. I don't think it was like super intense. I do feel like it would be funny if like someone who I did go on a date with like could give me feedback on that if they thought it was a lot. But the feedback I got from people that I saw like, let's say like five times was like, they're like, it was really cool that like, we got to it right in the beginning. Like why waste your time like talking about nothing and your favorite color when you could talk about your favorite color on the second date if you see them again. So my non-negotiables was the number one is that they can't snore. Now, I would always get this and people would start laughing at me. But when you think about it, like your bed is so important for your sleep, for your sex, for your emotional connection with somebody. If you can't share a bed with someone because they snore and you're a really late sleeper, like how is that logistically going to work? I personally would love to share a bed with my partner. And if they snore, I'm a super late sleeper. I sleep with an eye mask and earplugs. I don't like the sound of people's breathing. It just would not work for me to be with someone who snored. Like we, it, it wouldn't work. So like automatically, if you snore immediate, no, like I don't even want to get to know you longer. Like this date should be over if you snore, basically. Or if they would say they snore, I would just be like, oh, and they're like, is that a problem? I'm like, no, no, like, it's fine, it's fine. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, immediately, no. The next one that I've gotten some interesting feedback on is not a youngest. I am an oldest, and by nature, I like to take care, I like to take charge. So dating a youngest, I feel like the power dynamic isn't equal. Now, if you're one of two, it's different because I don't feel like there's a true youngest oldest if there's only two children or two sibling. I was previously with the youngest and I feel like the shift of the power, like if you're brought up that you're always being babied, which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of families have youngest child. They live long, healthy, amazing, successful lives. For me as an oldest, I just felt like it always felt so natural for me to take care. And in my next relationship, I want to be taken care of more. And I feel like I want a more equal shift. So I love a middle child. That is my ideal just based on like the dates I've gone on. And the people that I connect with are usually middle or oldest. Oldest, it depends because sometimes you can butt heads because you both have like similar personalities of like being a little more type A. But I think it can work. But a middle child for me personally is a sweet spot. Love it. Because, you know, they always had to fight to get the attention. They're much better at compromising because they've been in the middle of things. They've maybe had, I just think they're like more easygoing personalities as a middle child because they had to just learn to be okay with that. And I think that comes out really wonderful in a man, in a relationship. And I love a middle child. I've had this disagreement with people who are youngest on like how they feel about that. And I'm sure there are outliers. It like depends on your family dynamic. Were you all super close, like a year apart? Or was there an enormous gap? If there's a big gap, you're going to naturally have youngest child tendencies. And as an oldest, 
it's just not for me. I'm sure there's an exception for everything, but that was like one of the things that I would think about. The next one ideally has been in a two to three year relationship. I think that the first year of a relationship is generally should be more easy. Like obviously a lot of people break up before that point. But like once you exit the one year, you are more relaxed. You're more yourself. You've hopefully gone through a lot of things and it becomes more real life. So if you've only been in a one-year relationship, it does make me a little concerned. Like, why weren't you able to take that next step? Obviously, it could just mean you didn't meet the right person. But as someone who's divorced, who's been in a 10-year relationship, it's important for me to be with someone who understands compromise, who understands how to think about another person, who understands what it's like to be in a relationship. And I don't feel like you could truly get that understanding until you've been in something a little bit more long-term. Now, if you're older and like you're in your later 20s and you've only been, and you recently had a one-year relationship, I feel like that's different than having a one-year relationship when you're in college. Just because you're more defined as a human being, you're able to communicate better, you're probably accelerating a little faster. So that could be an exception, but definitely... Like if someone told me, I remember I was on this date with a guy who I thought like I was having a good time with. And he's like, I've never had a relationship that's been longer than six months. And he was 31. And I was like, this won't work because I'm not interested in teaching someone how to be in a relationship. It was a hard experience for me to learn how to be in a relationship. I remember for me, the first year of my marriage was the toughest and it was really hard, but then it just got progressively easier and easier because like we understood how to argue. I understood that if I'm upset about something, I want to talk about it. If he was upset about something, he wanted more space. So as time goes on, you understand how to fight, how to communicate, how to disagree on things, how to live together. And it's just something that's like a learning curve. And if you've never had to do it before, then I think you should be with someone who's never had to do it before. For me, I'm like, I don't want to teach you from scratch. I'm happy at least a year to do that, but ideally two to three years. And also obviously depends on like timing when this relationship took place. Like if you had a two-year relationship when you were in high school and now you're 29, like that's not ideal for me. Like I don't feel like that's a real relationship. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, pretty PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Ideally, someone who can work remotely. My job is super flexible. Like the fact that I'm able to be living in Miami, working from home, working from whenever I can travel. I would love someone who didn't have to be in the office because I just feel like that would match my lifestyle. Like someone who is, has a super rigid schedule, they, they need to be in the same city at the same time in the office at all times. I feel like would get a little bit hard with my lifestyle to balance. So ideally someone who can work remotely. Love an entrepreneur, love someone who can make their own schedule. I know that doesn't work easily and there's only a few of those out there, 
but something that they have some flexibility because super rigid, a lot of problems would arise with like my lifestyle and my schedule. I get this question a lot about would I only date a Jewish guy? And when I first started going out on dates, I said, I don't want to go out with any Jewish guys. I only want to go out with non-Jews because I was like, I'll probably end up with a Jew and I'm not looking for anything serious and I don't want that. And then I was like, that's stupid because I live in New York City and there's so many nice Jewish boys or Jewish boys out there, not always nice. And it was just cutting me off. So then I was like, okay, I'm open-minded. I'll date anybody. And my viewpoint on it as a woman, I'm very lucky because my children will be Jewish because in the Jewish culture, your the lifeline and your heritage and the customs are passed down through the mom. So if you have a Jewish dad, doesn't mean you're necessarily Jewish, but if you have a Jewish mom, you're Jewish. So I could technically marry someone from a different religion and my kids in the Jewish religion would still be Jewish. So I was more and I am more on the mindset that I want a Jewish home. I want my kids to be raised with Jewish traditions. So if I were to be with someone who wasn't religious, as long as they are open to having a Jewish home, it wouldn't bother me if they weren't Jewish. Now, in the back of my mind, I feel like I will end up with a Jewish person just because my upbringing was so different coming from a super ultra-religious background to be with someone who doesn't know like any Jewish customs. I think it would be a little challenging, but that's not to say that it wouldn't work. So like it wouldn't be an immediate no at all. It's something that I'm more open-minded to because I feel like why close yourself off to so many people, but I'm not open to doing a different religion. Like I won't be going to church. I don't care if I had a Christmas tree because to me that's like more cultural and not religious. And you're like around Christmas trees all the time. Like it doesn't have a meaning. But if someone was connected to a different religion and they wanted me to do their religion, that's not something that I'm open to compromising on. I want a Jewish home. Those are my main non-negotiables. Everything else is like, you want a kind person, all of that stuff, like personality things are different. These things are important to me regardless of what kind of person you are. So that's why I always felt like they were like good non-negotiables because they weren't targeted at anybody specifically. They were just like basic, lay down the law kind of guides that I would go by. I think that every girl and guy should write a perfect woman or perfect man list. My friend had told me this, like when I started to feel like I was ready for something more serious and I'd been on enough dates, I was open to opening myself up to a relationship. My friend told me, she's like, you need to write down a list of your perfect man. Lock it in your notes. Look back at it from time to time if you want to remind yourself. But this is just like a good guide on when you're dating to see if someone matches up the things you're looking for. Now, I know that as someone who's been in a long-term relationship, I know the things I'm looking for. Like when I would go on dates and I would know within the first five minutes if I wanted to see this person again, my friends would be like, are you sure if you had a nice time? Should you go out on another date? If you didn't have a bad time, give them another chance. And I'm like, no, like I've been married. I've liked someone, loved someone enough to commit my life to them. I know what I like. So if I meet you in the first five minutes, like I don't feel something like I'm not going to feel something on the next date. If I like you and I'm unsure, then 
I'll give you another date. But most of the time I know immediately like where this is going if I want to see you again. And usually if you get to, if you get past date two, then you would get to date five. Very few people got past date five. So that just like to me is like, I feel like I'm able to know if I connect with people faster. So my perfect man list, I think was a little bit easier for me to write because I have things to gauge them off. Like, I'm so thankful. I had a beautiful, loving, healthy relationship previously. It didn't work out. We wanted different futures. But overall, the relationship itself was really strong. So there's a lot of things from that relationship that I would want in my next relationship and how I was treated and different kinds of things. So I would recommend if you're single and you're looking to get into a relationship, I would sit down with yourself, journal, write it in your notes on your phone, whatever the best mode is for you to think and start off with writing adjectives. That's what I did. I would wrote like kind, caring, thoughtful, generous, things like that. And then look at those things and branch out like what is kind to you? Because someone treating me with kindness is going to be something different to you because everybody needs different things. And something that I found is really interesting when girls talk, when they're talking about someone they're seeing or dating or with, it's like if one girl says, oh, my boyfriend does this for me. And the other girl will chime in like, oh, my boyfriend does that too. I feel like there's like a bit of a competition and people feel like everybody needs the same thing from their partner. And I just don't think that's how it's meant to be. We all have different personalities. We all need different forms of validation. It's like there are different love languages and everybody needs different love languages. Of course, you need the love in all those categories, but certain things are more important to you and certain things are less important to you. So if you're someone who needs words of affirmation all the time, your friend doesn't necessarily need that. And for her to compare what her boyfriend does to what your boyfriend does just doesn't make sense. And I sometimes feel Like if you're having a conversation with someone, people feel like a competitive edge to be like, oh, well, my person does this and my person does that too. And it really shouldn't be like that. And I think it's important to internalize that your relationship is exclusive to you and the other person you're with. And it's better to compare less because everybody needs different things. And I think if everyone compared less, then people would be happier and more content with what they have. Getting back to the perfect man list. So write subcategories, like how do they make you feel? What kind of future do you see with them? What kind of parent do you want them to be? How do you want them to support you? Is it monetarily? Is it emotionally? And in what ways? What kind of sex life do you want? What Just like literally go in detail and write what you are looking for. I thought about reading my perfect man list, but it's on my phone and my phone is recording this. So maybe I'll do that in like a follow up video comment if you want me to share mine, because I really sat there and thought about it. What is important to me? And when I would share with other friends, they're like, wow, like you really thought this through. Like this is like a deep perception of things that are important to you. And I also want to add the last line on my list that I'm really important. I don't know at what point I added this in, but I was like, damn girl, you know what's up is that he is not perfect, but he's perfect for me. And 
Everybody should internalize that. The person you're going to be with will not be perfect. You are not perfect, but you love their imperfections. You love them as an entire whole being, and you can get past the things that annoy you or bother you or that they do. And you have to like pick and choose what you're okay with. When I was in therapy getting out of my marriage, one of my big fears was like, I'm coming from a relationship where I know the annoying things that bother me about him, and I'm okay with that. But I'm like, what is it going to be like for me when I get into a new relationship and I have to be okay with different things because I'm used to being okay with those things. And I don't know if that makes sense, but I think it does. It's just like I had this fear over wanting all the positive things for my last relationship and then also knowing that like there's going to be a give and take with a new person because it's going to be different. I hope you enjoyed my non-negotiables. I hope you have a better understanding on how to approach dating maybe. I am going to do a separate episode where I put a question box in my Instagram for you so you guys can ask me questions specific and I can answer them. But somebody sent in for the heart to heart segment, how to not get discouraged when you're dating and you're just not connecting with anyone. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I went through like a six month period where this was when I had slowed down. I wasn't going on eight dates a week. I was going on few dates here and there because I was just exhausted and going on a million dates is exhausting and it's time consuming and I wasn't about it. And I'm like, I'm looking for something serious. I can't just be going out on a million dates. But there was a really long period from like, I don't know, July-ish to... December where I did not connect with anyone like nobody I don't think I went on a second date ever if I did see someone again it was because I think I saw one person more than once in that six month period of time and it was only because he was like visiting so I knew that it wasn't going to go anywhere he didn't live in New York so I just was like going on these dates not connecting with anyone having very little sex like Basically none, because I wasn't going to just like have sex with someone if I didn't have a feeling. I was past that, you know, my fuck girl era where I was just doing whatever. And it was rough. Like there were times where I'm like, this is sucky. Like I wish I could find someone that I connected with or like just get excited about seeing them on a second date. And I remember I did go out on one date, like right before or after Thanksgiving. I think it was right before Thanksgiving. And it was a good date. And I remember I had double booked him as I usually do. And it felt like the date was cut short. And at the end, I remember thinking like, oh, wait, like I actually had a really nice time. Like I had gone into it. I didn't think it was going to be anything. So I had told my friend, like, I'm probably going to be with him like 45 minutes. I'll see you at 845, 9-ish because we were going to a comedy show. And then I was on this date and I was like, wait, 45 minutes in, I was like, the time flew by, like this was a great date. And then it continues and I look at my time and I'm like, shoot, like I actually have to leave. Like I have somewhere else I have to be. 
And he texted me after, said he had a nice time. It was, you know, coming up Thanksgiving. He was traveling. And he said he would be in touch for another date. He never got in touch. I did try reaching out, guys. I shot my, I shoot my shot. I shot my shot. Shot my shot. (laughs) I took my shot. And I said, like, hey, are you back in time? Would love to go out again. And he just told me he was busy. So obviously he wasn't interested in me. And I think that's something to internalize that like sometimes you could have a really great date with someone and they don't have a really great date with you. And that can be sucky, but that's okay because I just reminded myself like I've been on dates with guys where they've had a great time and I haven't and it's not personal at all. But in that time frame, I'm like, fuck, like there's literally no one that I connect with. I go on a date with this guy, I finally connect with someone and he doesn't like me back. Like, that's a sucky feeling. We gotta, we gotta think about the positive here. I think the important thing to remember is that when you're going through those time periods where you're not meeting anyone that you're connecting with, to space out your dating so that it doesn't feel like overwhelming. Like, oh my God, I went on three dates this week and I didn't like anybody. Like, rather slow it down and try to change your mindset that you are doing things for you. So for me, it was like, I'm moving to Miami. I have nothing in New York holding me back. I love my family. I love my friends, but I've always wanted to live in Miami. And this is the time for me to do it because like, I'm not seeing any, anyone in New York. I might as well go down to Miami. Like, why not? So try to look at the pros and the positives of being single and not having to answer to anyone and not having, having to think about anyone's schedule and being able to spend all this time with your friends. And something that I had to change in my mindset was when I was going out with my friends and we would go out like on a Friday night or a Saturday night. And it used to be my mindset was like, am I going to meet a boy? Am I going to make out with someone tonight? What's going to happen? Will there be anyone interesting? And I would just like constantly get let down, honestly. And then I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I should not be going into going out with my friends to meet a guy. I should be into I'm going out with my friends to hang out with my friends. We're going to have an amazing time. If I happen to meet someone while I'm out, amazing. Added bonus. But just shifting your mindset to be like, I'm doing something for myself. I'm doing something with my friends. I'm doing something for me is going to help take that pressure away and that distaste towards dating because you never want to get to a place in dating where you feel like there's no one out there for you. There is someone out there for you you haven't found them yet. Maybe they're seeing someone else and they're not ready for you. Or maybe they're healing from something. And when they come to you, it will be amazing. I truly believe that. And I hope you guys will internalize that as well. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the video podcast. Comment. You can email me questions or requests heart at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, wherever you can listen to this podcast everywhere. And until next time.